Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan. Brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Well, some uh, shocking scores from the NFL this weekend, at least in terms of the Cowboys game. I was stunned that that went the way that did. But before we get to the NFL playoffs, Jim, I want to talk to you about the Timberwolves because that was really an impressive win for them last night against the Clippers. They had guys come through in the clutch at the end. The Clippers made a run. They withstood it. That's as good a win as they've had really this year. It's as good a win as you can have really in the Western Conference right now because yep. December, I mean, the uh, Clippers really since the beginning of December have been the best team in the NBA mm-hmm. in terms of record. They've gotten healthy. They've got three superstars. Uh, they, you know, they're well coached. They're a real threat to, to make a, a playoff run. And they came in here healthy and hot and the Wolves really shut them down. And the Wolves really dominated the game for three, three and a half quarters. Then, Clippers did what good NBA teams are doing. They started making three-pointers, made a run at it. And uh, I hate the the hacka player yep. strategy. I don't think it's basketball. I think it should be I don't think it should be rewarded. It should be two shots and the ball out of bounds so nobody has you know, it's, a, it's an intentional foul. You shouldn't yep. be rewarded for intentional fouls. Right. But credit to Gobert. He made his shots down the stretch. The Wolves did enough offensively to keep the lead. Edwards was very good once again. That's as good a win as you can have right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and uh, you know, the Clippers got it straightened out by putting Russell Westbrook on the bench and bringing him off the bench. What a dynamic guy they have uh, there. Uh, I, you know, do you think the Timberwolves maybe need to add a little more dynamic score if possible? I don't know if they have the assets or not to that second unit, or are you good with riding with what they have? I, I wrote about them perhaps looking at Tyus Jones last week. Mm-hmm. I don't think they need a... I mean, Westbrook, I don't trust. I don't trust him at all. I don't trust right. his shooting. I don't trust his decision-making. It's great to have an athlete like that coming off the bench. But um, the Wolves, I think, need one more bench player. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it would be perfect if they could get a, you know, a, kind of a 1B point guard. To do, basically, it need somebody to do what they wanted Shake Milton to be doing right now. Mm-hmm. That's the hole. Uh, they either have to get more out of Milton or they have to hope that Jordan McLaughlin can play Sustain minutes, which is always risky because of his defensive liability. He's a defensive liability. Um, he only played eight yesterday, you know. Um, yeah. Troy Brown gives him a little bit here and there. I, I think they're one bench player short. The question is, how much can they afford to spend? You know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, can they give? I, I don't think they want to trade any more draft choices. Uh, so it, it, maybe there's a deal to be made out there for maybe not Tyus Jones, but somebody like him. And you can trade them some expiring contracts. Uh, maybe you can trade them Shake Milton and, you know, I don't know. It, it's not going to be an easy deal to make. It's easy to say, it's easy to identify the need. It's easy to, to want this team to go for it. How exactly they put together a deal that makes them better, I'm not sure. Yeah, tough to do. I mean, because any tradable assets they might have, they need to try and make uh-huh. this this run here. So uh, that's for sure. Nonetheless, continue to play uh, great ball. On the opposite end of the spectrum right now is the Wild. I mean, Arizona isn't that far removed from being the worst team in the NHL for multiple seasons in a row. And they beat them 6 to nothing at the X of players-only meeting afterward. Anytime you hear about players-only meetings, it's never a good thing. No, they're really embarrassing themselves this year. Mm-hmm. They have had three horrible stretches already, and it's, it's we're just the middle of January. They started off horribly. After a slight rebound, they played badly enough to get Everson fired. After a re- big rebound, uh, after they hired Hines, now they have completely collapsed. Um, there's something something smelly over there. I don't know what it is. 
Um, but, you know, if this was a big enough problem to fire Everson over um, and it's not fixed by the interim coach, I, maybe I start looking at the general manager. Maybe mm. maybe there's something deeper going on over there. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, certainly in a tough spot right now. As bad a spot as the Wild have been in, maybe since they became the Wild. I mean, I know the North Stars had some terrible teams back in the day, but I don't remember that many really wretched seasons out of the Wild. You know, before they traded for or before they signed Parisian Suter, they were kind of stuck. Mm. You know, they weren't very good and they weren't very promising, and they didn't have a whole lot of depth in the organization. That, you know, that's the reason they they overspent on Parisian suitors. They just desperately needed somebody to make them relevant again. Yeah. So those were not good teams. But this is, this feels different. This feels yeah. kind of pathetic. Yeah. You know, this is not just this is bad hockey. Uh, not always great effort. Obviously, not great cohesiveness. Uh, and you know, we just aren't used to saying that about this group. You know, this is a group that has Spurgeon. It has a bunch of admirable players. Spurgeon and Foligno and and, uh, you know, Faber and, and Hartman. I mean, and, yeah, I mean, you know, Kaprizov has been a, an excellent two-way player ever since he got here, and there's something missing, mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to have to talk, talk to more people about what's going on with Garen over there because, let's face it, the other thing that's going on this year is Garen, uh, you know, basically was was called out for, for running it, for mistreating a, a key employee to the point where the guy didn't even want to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also have their assistant general manager step away. So there's something, something bad's happened over there. <clears throat> it's hard to, it's hard to specify exactly what's going on behind the scenes, mm-hmm. but it seems to be reflected in the way they're playing. Yeah, I, I was shocked by the Cowboys getting blown out by the Packers. I thought it would be the other way around. Did you feel similar, or did you think the Packers had a real shot here? No, I mean mm-hmm. everything pointed, everything other than. The fact that the Cowboys are fraudulent, a fraudulent organization under Jerry Jones, uh, pointed to a Cowboys blowout. They've been, the, they were the best offensive team in the NFL at home. Uh, they were a dominant defensive team at home. They were blowing people out. They had home court, home field advantage. They're against, you know, a young quarterback, an incredibly young group of skilled position players, a team that won nine came, games this year. Um, there's no, there was no logical reason to believe that the Packers are going to win that game, much less blow out the Cowboys. Yeah, uh, that is a complete failure. And listen, everybody gets everybody who should get blamed is going to get blamed. McCarthy will probably get fired. This might hurt. You know, I don't know what they're going to do with Dak Prescott now. He's looking for a, a record-setting deal, and he couldn't, you know, couldn't manage the Packers' defense on Sunday. Uh, but I will say this. I covered Jerry Jones, and he wants everything to be about him, and it doesn't work. It does not work when your owner wants to be the star. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's irresponsible, he's irrational, uh, he's an egomaniac, and it just sets the tone for the entire franchise. Yeah. It seems to be just exactly the opposite over on the Packers' sideline. Once again, I think you have to look at Matt LaFleur as one of the bright minds uh, in the game today. He had a game plan. They took the ball when they won the tap, the opening uh, coin flip. I thought, wow, they're going to take the ball and go right down the field and score. That's a, the whole game plan. Get the Cowboys behind. Make a make them uh, play from behind because they're better as as front runners. But LaFleur really, he outcoached McCarthy uh, ups, up and so one side and down the other. He outcoached McCarthy, he outcoached Dan Quinn, uh, who's one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. Uh, 
And he, you know, the Cowboys had a kind of a smallish, fast defense on the field. Packers said, okay, we're just going to run it down your throats. Mm-hmm. With Aaron Jones, who's about 175 pounds, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I love Aaron Jones. And he's a, a wonderful player. But he shouldn't be just running through the Cowboys' defense as if the Cowboys' defense is playing flag football. Yeah. Uh, that was just, again, an embarrassment for the Cowboys. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, any of the other games really surprise you? I mean, the NFC North has two in the final eight. So suddenly yep. our division is looking pretty doggone good. Uh, yep. Two two in the final eight. The other one has the top pick in the draft and two of the eight top eight picks uh, and played a little bit better toward the end of the year. So Vikings have a lot of work to do, no yeah. doubt about it. Um, I'm not surprised the Texans won. I'm, I'm mildly surprised they made it look so easy against yeah. a really good defense. But C.J. Stroud and Demeco Ryans have it going on down there. Uh, really? Just yeah. a great combination. Um, you know, I'm not surprised at all. The Chiefs won. I was disappointed that Tua didn't put up more of a fight. He really yeah. looked ineffective and almost not big enough for the moment. That was the biggest fun for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Rams-Lions game, great game. Could have gone, I mean, one flag, one play, could have changed the outcome. But, give. you know, I have relatives from Detroit. I've spent a lot of time in Detroit over the years on, on sports trips. And the downtown has really bounced back. The Lions winning really helps that city out. Yeah. Uh, it's To me, it's one of the best stories in the NFL. My nephew is a season ticket holder uh, here about three years ago. He jumped in on season tickets. So so I know of which you speak. I'm a huge Lions fan because of that. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a great story. Yeah. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Sue Ann. Brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Cardinal Girls basketball tonight at home against Morris, 7 o'clock.